Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. Today's episode, what makes a great presenter? Now, presentation skills are not easy, but you can get better. And it is a combination of mindset, intention, and the tools to get from good to great, whether you're presenting at a meeting, one-on-one, or to hundreds. And this is episode one as part of our significant four-podcast series on presentation skills. And over the next few episodes, we're going to be looking at ways that you can feel more confident, more engaging, prepared, and be able to use the tools to deliver great presentations. In this episode, we're thrilled to have Rhonda Scarf, who's also a training partner with the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. And she's going to be sharing how someone from a small town, outside a small town, became an in-demand speaker. In this episode, we're talking about how does one prepare to present, where do you start, what to do when you forget, it's not about memorization, and how do you engage them to action. And I guess Rhonda Scarf is an author, speaker, trainer, and earned her certified speaking professional. Rhonda is a member of the Canadian Speaking Hall of Fame and is only one of 35 speakers worldwide who have earned their Global Speaking Fellow, meaning that she truly is an international business. In fact, Rhonda's career, as she says, started when she was at the age of two, when her mother would offer her 25 cents to be quiet for five minutes. Let's meet Rhonda. But before we do that, we always ask that if you can leave a review, subscribe, or if you have any questions, do email us at podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. All right, let's meet Rhonda Scarf and what makes a great presenter in episode one of our four-part series on presentation skills. Rhonda Scarf, welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for inviting me today. So excited to have you on. Uh, as we heard in your bio, you know, so many awards and so many, uh, so much acclaim as a speaker. So our listeners, I think, are going to be really interested to hear some of the insights that you're going to be sharing with with your own journey of over 30 years of of speaking of uh, what we can learn from that and how we could put that into uh, into play. Uh, but let's start with the you know, let's start with the beginning. Let's start with how because that's a, such a big jump. How did you go? How did you become a speaker? How did you feel comfortable? How did you decide that that was the path you were going to take? Like all great things, it was, uh, for most people, it was accidental. I mean, I grew up in a small town outside of a small town outside of Ottawa. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the 70s. You know, basically, I knew that my career choices were I could be a teacher, I could be a nurse, or I could be a secretary. And while I could be other things, you know, that's pretty much what I grew up with. And I wanted to be a school teacher. I thought that sounded pretty good, summers off, all that good stuff. Um, But I didn't have the marks in high school to get into university to do that. So I ended up um, going to college and I became a nurse and I realized I didn't want to do that. So then the other option Mm -hmm. is, okay, start working in office. And in an office, I loved it. I, I, you know, kind of did everything everybody needed me to do. And then in the late 80s, computers came along. And for whatever reason, I understood them. They made Hmm. sense to me. And so people would say, Rhonda, how does this work? Rhonda, and it ended up being help me Rhonda very, very quickly. (laughs) And so I was the go-to resource for the company. And so the company decided that they were going to make me the training department. And so the training department started and it grew and I trained people on how to use computers. You know, move forward a couple of years, a uh, big recession in 93 happened, training costs money. 
and they decided they didn't want an in-house training department anymore. And so they let me go. And then I went out on my own and I've had on the right track training and consulting since 1993. And uh, it just kind of grew from there and evolved from training to speaking and all things verbal. Uh, and I like in your bio <laughs> that you said uh, that you you knew you were going to be a speaker when you were two years old and your mom paid you 25 cents to not speak for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I have always been a chatterbox. I think every single report card I ever got at school, the comment, I'm sure they were full in the blank comment said, you know, if Rhonda would talk mm-hmm. less and listen more, she'd learn more. And I just have always been chatty Cathy. That's who I am. <laughs> um. Now, that being said, you you make it sound really easy. Uh, I was interested in computers. I understood computers. I was able to communicate it to people so that they understood. uh, And then yada, yada, I'm a speaker. So uh, how did you make that? Let's fill in the yada, yada part. How did you figure out how to how to speak? You know, because speaking in public is is a big fear for most of us. Absolutely. How did you figure that part out? And it was for me, too. And so, you know, sometimes you make great leaps of faith and then you question like, what was I thinking? So over the phone, I was easily able to help everybody with their computer. They'd call me up, they'd do all of that. And then the company said, well, can you do a workshop? And I'm like, well, I don't think so because now I have to speak in public and to a large group of people. So they sent me to a workshop on how to do that. It was horrible for the record. And, uh, and, and I realized that everybody is afraid of this. And what I also realized is, especially with the computer stuff way back then, because I don't do computers now at all, but I knew what I needed to say. I knew what I needed to communicate. And as long as I was confident in what I needed to say, then I didn't get nearly as nervous. Now, I remember Mm. back when we were in school, we used to have to do those presentations, you know, four minutes on what you did in your summer vacation. And we would all write them out in our mother's recipe cards. And and that was a memorized thing. And that scared me to death. Like that was just, that was painful doing that in school. So when I started doing the training for the, at the real estate company, I realized it wasn't to memorize anything. It was just a conversation. And I happened to be the one at the front of the room and they would ask questions and I'd answer them and I'd show them how to do stuff. And it was entirely different than what we did in school. And, and I, and I didn't mind, you know, the answering questions. I I hated the memorized anything. I, I, you know, I think that's really clear because I think that's the disconnect for most people is they feel that when they're speaking publicly, that it's, it's a monologue and it mm-hmm. has to be a memorization and, uh, and you have to try to remember all of the points. Uh, but instead your mindset is going in with this is that it's a conversation and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the questions uh, to get the dialogue going. Uh, and that's where uh, I guess that's, I guess that maybe goes back to me. What, what is your intention uh, of a presentation, which is to have people engaged Yeah, my my intention is absolutely engaged. Even when I do, Mm -hmm. you know, the keynotes, uh, I still have a lot of engagement. I use a lot of humor. I use a lot of rhetorical questions. But my intention for any presentation that I give, whether it's a workshop, a webinar, a keynote or whatever, is for everybody to walk out going, I can do that. I want to simplify it. I want them to feel motivated going, I can do that sort of like, you know, when we watch master chef and we see them struggling and they put together a beautiful plate, we all watch the show going, I'm going in the kitchen. I can do that. And I want everybody to feel that way at the end of one of my talks is that they've got the same 
things. So my intention is that, and I engage them in that so that it feels very conversational. And I think, again, that's that's so important because it sounds like it's taking the focus off of yourself of trying to memorize what you're trying to say versus having uh, an intention or objective for the audience, which is uh, whenever you get lost, I guess maybe it's it's the objective is I'm trying to make this simple for them and I'm trying to make these people feel confident that they can do this. Absolutely. I don't memorize. Um, I would fail miserably if I had to memorize. Like when I get a client that says, can we get a copy of your speech so we can do translation? I'm like, no, a copy Mm -hmm. of my speech doesn't exist. Right. And so it is very much my goal is to give them what they need to be able to do it. And that's where I, that's where I always come back. So you're right. If I get lost, I'm like, hold on, I've confused myself. If I confused you and Mm -hmm. you know, then we recircle and we start over kind of stuff. And then this leads me to this next question, which is how do you create then these, uh, you know, like some of your topics are such great titles. uh, Sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. Um, How do you create this speech that has this intention of making it simple? So walk us through maybe your creation process. So typically I'm weird in that I start with titles first. And so the Mm -hmm. sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug is a dire straight song. And so it's just catchy, right? And I love things that are catchy. So I will typically start with an overarching theme, whether it's, you know, control or being a superhero, or sometimes I come up with a costume. Quite honestly, my keynote is um, the the maximize your inner superhero. I just wanted to go on stage and wonder what. I've got a new where's Waldo one. Like I got a Waldo costume that I use, you know? So a lot of the times it comes from that. And then what I end up doing is I will typically write the marketing blurb. I will write the um, here's what you'll get kind of stuff. And that's, that comes from often what the client says, here's what we're looking for or, or things that I've heard in talking to clients before. And it's like, I'm really stuck with this Rhonda stuff. So I will write up the marketing um, outline the initial one. And then I design on PowerPoint. I'm very visual, very creative. So I design my slides and then all of my content is built around the slide. So if I have a particular image that I want to use, I'm kind of like, okay, I want to use this image. What would I say on this image kind of stuff? And I design it all that way. Then I go back to the marketing speak and I make sure that it's reflective of what I've designed. So the design process for me is very visual in that what is the audience going to see and what are they going to remember? It's a good base to have, which is you you come up with this fun title uh, and then you come up with basically the promise because Mm -hmm. that's the marketing material, right? Here's the promise Mm -hmm. of what you're going to learn. And then that, that keeps you, it drives how you're going to create this presentation. And as you said, it's the visual. So um, I guess then people want to know because you're not memorizing and people are, are you know, our listeners who want to be better presentations are thinking, okay, that's great. I've come up with the visuals. How am I going to remember what I want to say with that? So how do you, um, how, what's your process in that? So you've created the visuals. Um, how do you remember what, what you're saying next or what you're saying, what you want to say with that slide? So if I'm, let's say I'm giving you five points on how not to be nervous. I mean, I could come up mm-hmm. with one visual and rely on myself to remember what all those five points are. Or if I was really concerned, I would come up with five visuals and each of those visuals would prompt me. I've thought through in the design process if I want to tell a story with something. So I put all of my speaking notes in the notes section in PowerPoint. That's where I do my design. 
Um, all of them are there. I may write out, like usually my stories I don't write out. They're kind of in my head. And I'd say, I want to tell the story about my dad, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I will tell that story. Um, and then when I'm getting prepared to go deliver the workshop, so let's say I've never delivered it before, I don't actually write a script. I know a lot of people do, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's not my style. I don't write a script. I have key talking points on the, the speaker notes in under each slide. And then what I do is I print out my slides like nine to a page and I will put keywords under Mm -hmm. each of the slides saying, tell the dad story. It's 49%, you know, as per Forbes or whatever, you know, that sort of, and I put just those high level points to prompt me as to what I want to talk about. Now I write out those, if I've never delivered that workshop before, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And if I've delivered it 400 times, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And then I take that with me and I believe strongly of the law of osmosis. So if I have the paper on beside me, that information creeps up into my brain and I can find it when I need it. If I had to, I would pick up the piece of paper and I would look at it while I was on the stage, or I have it on the lectern beside my glass of water. Um, If I don't, it's just right there as a crutch, just in case I panic. If I've got them, you know, making, doing a a group discussion or trying to decide whatever, and I've got them working in teams, I have 30 seconds for which me to look down at my notes to see if I've forgotten anything, what's coming up, what's next kind of stuff. And that's my prep. I know a lot of people record into um, a voice app and they listen to themselves back. That doesn't work for me just because I get too hung up on the words and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Point. I just am really high level talking points. Honestly, I can talk to the wall in the dark. So just give me something to talk about and surely I can talk about that for a while. And I and I think it's got a lot to do, as you says, is that with the, your creative process of that, you're visually so each slide has a story um, mm-hmm. and that triggers what it is. And you don't necessarily have to remember what the details of the story is, because this, all the stories are leading to, again, I guess, going back to I want these people to I'm telling this story because right. this relates to our topic mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And this is what, this is here, how I messed up. This is what I learned. This is what you can learn kind of stuff. So yeah, the, the, the stories are not just gratuitous to tell a story. They have a purpose. So I typically don't forget the story. Sometimes I forget the stats, which is Mm -hmm. why I write the numbers down too. Right. And and I think that's, that's the big takeaway from this is that each slide or each story has a purpose again, relating to, as you said, the promise of what Mm -hmm. the people are going to walk away with. And, And that's what keeps you on track. Yep. We're on the right track. Um, on the right track. There you go. Uh, speaking of being on the right track, you know, as your 30 years of, of going through this and, and, you know, taking some of those presentation skills courses, and then of course your own osmosis, you said of 30 years of, of doing this, what is your base? What is like the, the, you know, the one thing that you say, or the one or two or three things maybe that you say, okay, I, I always have to get this right. Uh, or if I'm lost, this is where I go to. Well, where I will stumble is sometimes on a statistic or I won't remember where it came from. And so that's the stuff I write down. And if I stumble, Mm -hmm. I will actually throw it back to the audience and say Mm. something along the lines of, does this make sense? Did did I confuse anybody other than me? And so I throw it back and that gives me another 20, 30 seconds. They laugh because it makes me look really human. Or right in the middle of the story, I will just flat out say, I have no idea where I'm going. Does anybody, anybody, anybody read my mind here? And I'm just Mm. really 
honest and it is very much a conversation with the audience so if I, if I do that, they laugh because they're like, oh my God, I've done that. Or I can't believe she was just so comfortable to say that with the audience. So those, so when I get into that stumbling block, I will typically throw something back at them to give mm-hmm. me that 20, 30 seconds to let me regroup. I think those are the, those are the more human moments in there where everybody can relate to and uh, you, you connect to the audience a lot more when those moments happen, I'm sure. I think so. I, I I want I want it to be a conversation. I don't want it to be a speech. Yeah. So if if let's be honest, you and I can have a conversation, and I can forget halfway through the sentence what I was talking about. So why would it be any different if there were a few hundred people in the room? That's a good point. Um, anything else that you go to as your your base, like just something like um, I know uh, you know w- one thing I've learned, or one thing I would share to anyone who's going to speak publicly. You know, this is probably the, one of the most important things that they they should know. Oh, well, I, I tend to zip into stories um, mm-hmm. as sort of a crutch, if as a go-to base kind of stuff. So one of the pieces that I talk a lot about is how, for many people, our lives professionally have been very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Accidental. Most people don't plan their life, their professional life. They go from job to job and this looked good and that looked good. And I moved here because of him or her, or, you know, that sort of stuff. So what I will do is sometimes I will move back into that if I'm trying to tie it to a point. So that's sort of my go-to rally the troops, bring everybody together kind of stuff and say, okay, what have we been doing accidentally? What do we need to fix? What do we need to be strategic about? And and that's kind of my home base, if you will. Right. Right. Uh, and and it, it, I always talk about it in almost every workshop or presentation that I do. So it's an easy go-to when things get scrambled. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a theme, right? So if you think about the theme that you're having on your workshop, your webinar, your presentation, is there, is there a theme, something really solid that you can go to? And that's, that's where I always come back. Right. Again, again, going back to the marketing material that you created, the yeah. promise that's going to come out of this is is the theme and your go to. Yeah. Um, and what about, um, you know, the opening? I am very structured in my opening. And as much mm-hmm. as I say I don't memorize, I know my opening cold. Like it's mm-hmm. I don't write it out, but I have certain things. I always do the, the preview, you know, what I'm going to talk to. I don't use those language, but here's what mm-hmm. you're going to learn. I'm going to reinforce that promise. As you say, I'm going to, uh, I am going to promise them that I'm going to make this easier. Or they're going to be able to do X with it, whatever. And so I make sure that I'm very structured. I have some kind of hook to grab your attention. Um, right. I have a promise. I have mm-hmm. a preview. I have a like, and, and that I know cold, like I could be, you know, on my last breath and I'm going to deliver that three minutes perfectly every time. Uh, that, yeah. So that, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the most important things I think in, in what I'm hearing then is in presenting is make sure you're putting the audience at ease about, you know, why they're here, <laughs> why they should care, mm-hmm. um, what they're going to get out of this. Uh, and also setting the tone, as you said, you know, putting yeah. your, your personality and humor into it, setting the tone. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's one of my, you know, my hooks is typically something very funny all the time. And mm-hmm. and so it's it's just um it, it it's just that go to comfort. And 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 I'm I'm letting everybody know this is gonna be okay. You know, we're all right. Speaking of being all right, 
one final question before we, uh, we I ask you for your your failure to da. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you prepare? So you know you talked about your cre- your creative process of putting the slides together, um, but you know people always want to know you know so backstage before you're about to present you know what what is that experience like as maybe you're presenting at a conference and you're the you're the closing so you have all day like how do you prepare? Mm-hmm. So I'm very extroverted and I get energy from people. So one Mm -hmm. of the worst things you can do is lock me in a room by myself. Like Mm -hmm. that's punishment, right? So if I'm closing keynote, I, the odds of me being at the entire day are somewhere around 99.9%. Like I listen to every speaker, I go to every breakout and and I meet as many people as I can. And the reason I meet them is I want to ask them questions. I want to be able to use examples that are applicable to, I don't want to assume I know the audience. I want to be able to use names. So I'll say, oh, I was talking to Joel at lunch and, you know, and, and Joel sits there going, oh my gosh, she remembers me, right? And, and it helps me. So I get, I do all the prep by being with the audience. So if they, if you have a big fancy conference and they bring you back to the green room, they want you to come back to the green room an hour early. I'm like, oh, please don't do that. Because mm-hmm. then I'm going to talk to all the AV folks and they're like, I'm working, Rhonda. Like right. it's, it's, so I, I want to be with people. And so my prep is literally 10 minutes before I'm about to be on stage. I'll go to the green room. And the only reason it's 10 is in case the person in front of me finishes up short. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, again, knowing yourself and knowing that you, what's going to give you energy is, is being with the, with the people. And then, mm-hmm. and I love this part because yeah, everybody loves to hear their name. So the fact yeah. that you're, you're mingling with the group uh, and they don't know you, right. You just met this group exactly. um, and then you go up and you go, and Joel said, yeah. oh, she, she, she mentioned my name and everyone at my table goes, Hey, she, <laughs> exactly, exactly. We've created some energy, some chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, uh, well, it's, not, it's not fake; it's legit. Yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. You're, 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 you are, you're, you're being true to who you are. And mm-hmm. the same person that's mingling through the crowd is the same person that's going up on stage. Exactly. So it's, it's not a persona. It's there's it's no on you. button. Yeah, there's no on button. Yeah, is there an off button? I guess. Well, not very often. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good because it's, it's, it's fueling you as you go forward in this. Exactly. Uh, Rhonda, we're going to take a break for our ad, uh, and this will give you about a minute uh, to think about your failure ta-da story. Mm. All right, we'll be right back. Congratulations. You're on the path to leadership excellence by listening to this special podcast series on presentation skills. At The Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company, we want to help you feel even more confident, skilled, and impactful in your presentations. So we're excited to share news of our new one-day course. Become a great presenter with Microsoft PowerPoint and presentation skills. Our great series of courses blends the best of our professional skills training with the technical skills training needed to execute what you've learned. In this course, you'll learn the techniques to create and deliver engaging presentations. Learn how to design an effective and dynamic PowerPoint presentation, and then take the next step by going beyond your PowerPoint slides, inspiring others to take action with your new and improved delivery skills. Whether delivered virtually online or in person, our live expert instructors and facilitators will help you evolve as a leader and deepen your development with our specially designed interactive and engaging become a great presenter with microsoft powerpoint and presentation skills one day course 
To learn more about this course and our great series of courses, visit us at greatcanadiantraining.ca or email us at info at greatcanadiantraining.ca and mention great in the subject line. All right, we're back with Rhonda Scarf and we're talking about her tips on presentation skills. Uh, Rhonda, we now have a segment in our show that we like to call Failure. Ta-da! And this is the, the moment in our show where you will share a a moment maybe that maybe felt like a failure, but maybe was maybe more of a of a learning moment or felt like a failure at that time. And it really went from ta-da to aha. So you've had a little bit of time to think, do you have a failure ta-da story to share with us? Oh, yeah. Sadly, I have many I could choose from, but let's <laughs> just do one. Okay. Um, what what when I meet people, like when I was joking about meeting Joel at lunch and stuff like that, if it's been a multi-day conference, I'm at the bar, I'm at dinner, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't like to be locked up in my hotel room alone. So I'm very social, right? And what I found is I have, my failure has been where I've gotten way too casual while on mm. stage. And I forgot that professionalism. And I forgot that maybe I was in a professional environment. And I remember sort of starting to tell this story. And I realized, you know, about 30 seconds in, this was probably not a good story to be telling. And then you're too deep. And I realized mm. I would tell this story with my friends or I would tell it at the bar, but not on the stage and not at the bar with professional colleagues, right? And right. so it was one of those where I just got way too comfortable with the audience. We had spent too much fun time together and I was being fun Rhonda as opposed <laughs> to professional Rhonda. And I needed to dial back that mm. comfort level to much more of a professional level. And it was a huge wake up moment for me. That's a such a, well. Thank you for sharing that, and and I, I could hear the the uncomfortableness in this uh, because that's such a good example where, as pr people are presenting, whatever whether you be at a meeting or in front of thousands of people, is w what's that fine line between being yourself, being personable, and being professional? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it sounds like, you know, what I'm what I'm hearing you say, Rhonda, is, you know, as long as you're keeping back to that, you know, the purpose of why we're here and what stories can help why we're here, mm -hmm. um, then um, and, and your own personality will, will shine through. You don't need to add uh, a story that's maybe too personal or that's too too glib. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it was just the two. It was way too personal of a story. Uh, way too glib in in some reactions on things going yeah 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 you know and mm -hmm. thinking no Rhonda like it, that that's not the right approach it's not the professional I want to be and I I don't want to it's sort of like you know when you're a parent you're supposed to be a parent not a buddy when right. you're professional you're supposed to be professional and and I crossed the line I was just way too real and and mm -hmm. I regretted it I shouldn't have been well, and that's, and that's it. sometimes you just, and I think in everything that we do, sometimes we just need to, to have that moment, which is what the yeah. failure to die is all about and go, oh, okay, now I know what that feels like. I don't want to experience that again. And now I know how to autocorrect that. Absolutely. Yeah. It was an important R lesson. Rhonda, thank you so much for sharing this. Uh, before we let you go, um, people I'm sure have a lot of questions or want to find out more about Rhonda Scarf. Uh, where can we reach out to you to find out more? 
You can find me pretty much everywhere. I'm all over social media as Rhonda Scarf. Both of them have an H, R-H-O-N-D-A and S-C-H-A-R-F. The name of my company is called On The Right Track and uh, you can find that online as well. Just Google Rhonda On The Right Track, Rhonda Scarf, funny girl. You know, all that sort of (laughs) stuff, you're going to easily find me. And I respond to all of my inbound inquiries, my emails, my social media, everything. So do not hesitate to reach out to me. I will be thrilled to hear from you. Terrific. Rhonda, thank you so much for sharing your insights and experience and stories on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Thank you. What a great conversation we had with Rhonda Scarf on what makes a great presenter. Rhonda is also a training partner with the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. And if you'd like more information or about some of the courses Rhonda teaches at Great Canadian, then please email us at info at greatcanadiantraining.ca. And now it's time for our three stars, no trois étoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you could start to put into practice. Number three, when you thought about presentations in schools, it was about memorization. Well, now a presentation is not a memorization piece. It's a conversation. As Rhonda shared, she's always looking forward to the questions because there is dialogue and she looks forward to the engagement and that's how a presentation should feel. Number two, what is your intention? Rhonda's intention was everybody should walk out with, I can do that. And to feel that way, your audience must feel that it's doable. So the goal was, what does the audience need to do this? And number one, the opening. This is the one thing you need to know. You need to know the hook to grab. What is the promise? What is the preview? And it's about three minutes. Now, If you're not sure where you can apply these three stars quite yet in business or maybe in life, try this as the next step. As Rhonda said, as you design each slide, it has a purpose and keeps you on the right track. And if the intention was, I can do that, then that's what each slide has a purpose. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review even better. Subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you and we will see you next episode.